Hello and welcome to another APMP podcast from uh, Quanta Training, um, looking uh, specifically at the APMP uh, syllabus and exams. So today um, we are going to be talking about leadership, uh, a wide and vast topic that we'll probably finish in about 15 minutes time. Uh, so um, obviously... <laughs> So here we go. So uh, what we've got to discuss, we've got to look at a little bit at the uh, typical leadership qualities. We're also going to have a look at motivation and we'll look at um, a couple of models there, what Maslow and Hertzberg had to say about motivation. And then we're going to also talk about the uh, benefits of adapting your style of leadership. So let's start with leadership qualities. Tim, uh, what qualities do you personally admire in a leader? Maybe uh, maybe me, for example. <laughs> your hair Adam <laughs> it's very important yeah. leader has to have good hair yeah um, but a leader as opposed to like Boris Boris Johnson yeah yeah but he's got hair he has got hair yeah yeah probably doesn't fit the characteristics of a leader but, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway um, so a, a leader as opposed to a manager is regarded as being more visionary um, so he or she would have the ability to influence others and they can do that if they know more readily what it is that makes those people tick, um, so how it is that they can motivate them. Um, they typically um, display integrity and fairness. Honesty. Uh, honesty, yeah. Good communicator, Jeremy. I mean, not all of them. Well, it's funny, yeah, because some people who are regarded as being uh, as being leaders are terrible communicators. Yes. But that's one of the things, it's like anything, you know, you think it's difficult for... Who did for you what... have in mind? Because I'm, I'm thinking about Gordon Brown. He wasn't a great communicator, was he? No. No, and, and but, but most, but you know, from Blair to to Hitler, I mean, these people generally. <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> is that an instruction book from, from Blair to Hitler? From Blair Hitler. Project management in six easy from, steps. We go, we go from right right wing to, to left there that way. Yeah. Um, yeah so, um, as regards uh, qualities a leader may well have, it would be qualities that you think would make you prepared to follow them. And it's not so much, I think, that you notice the presence of leadership qualities. It's more that you notice their absence. Mm, um, so you're going to think, well, you know, why is it that I'm um, following that person? If you have, yeah, I mean, if you have little respect for them, you don't have to like the leader, um, but you have to regard them as being worthy of your respect. Mm. Um, so it's a difficult thing to pin down because different books on leadership seem to offer different definitions. Mm. So I presume just to make them um, different from their, 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 their competitors. Um, but it's something that just is just going to just be used as a, an introductory topic um, here because we're going to focus um, mainly on motivation that will involve the use of um, Maslow and Hertzberg's theories and to begin with um, what's called situational leadership and so with situational leadership generally it's really about the leader adapting his or her style to suit the perceived needs of the follower and so we'll focus on a particular model here which is the one from Hersey and Blanchard and there are four phases within here telling, selling, participating, delegating and the leader is not expected to go through all four phases for all of the followers that he or she has to um, lead. be in touch with has to be, lead, yeah. be in touch with <laughs> <laughs> the odd letter <laughs> A toodaloo um, so, for instance, um, the last phase, delegating, there'd be some people who have a high degree of competence and are highly committed, and so you know immediately you can delegate to them. And if you adopted 
a different style. For instance, if you treated that person as a comparative novice and provided a, an instructive telling style, um, in that instance, it probably would be counterproductive because the follower would have thought, well, why on earth are you talking down to me in this way? So it'd be a bit like me saying, can you now, for Tim, can you now go through the other three? You need to do the other three quite quickly. <laughs> a lot like that, yeah. Um, so the other three. Um, <laughs> so with, uh, with telling, um, a leader may choose to adopt the telling leadership style if there is a perceived need from the followers. So if a follower is regarded as having a low degree of competence in what you're asking them to do in the task, and because they're fearful of committing themselves because they don't want to reveal their incompetence, um, they can um, can be at a very low low degree of commitment as well. So in this instance, um, the telling phase is characterised by the leader really explaining what it is you want somebody to do, how it is it should be achieved. Mostly it's one way. Um, and so until the follower attains a certain degree of competence, um, that's the only phase that's the only style that may be adopted we should like a break <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely um and quite a lot of checking i think there as well yeah yeah, yeah. so so it's telling what's doing then going back and quite regularly checking. <laughs> yeah because uh, once uh, <laughs> once the follower is becoming better at what they've been asked to do it's then that the leader can adopt a different style so oh, selling i feel a new energy <laughs> Oh, I've just got Lucasade coursing through my veins. Um, so with selling, the focus is on the why as well as the how and the what. And so um, it becomes much more two-way in terms of communication here rather than one-way. So really the leader is selling the idea ultimately of autonomy to um, the follower. Um, so once the follower um, becomes better at the task that they're expected uh, to do, um, the leader may choose then to move to the participating phrase phrase phase and in this instance the the follower is encouraged to participate in decision making so in terms of what the leader is actually doing here um, he or she is involved a little bit less in providing support for the task but is providing more support for building up the comp uh, the confidence of um, of the follower so allowing the follower to participate in decision making as i said um, so they can make mistakes as long as they learn from them and the follower is prepared to do that so they're not fearful of blame being attached initially um, so once again a further degree of competence has been attained then the leader may decide that he or she can in effect delegate so can let go um, and so the follower now has got full control over the task and how they choose to go about it um, and they can determine when the leader is to be involved from here on in. Um, so reporting to the leader at whatever would be the, respect, uh, the, um, the expected reporting interval. Um, but the leader then has time freed up to adopt different styles with different people who need it. Um, and so the whole idea of it really is that if you were beginning with telling, it's ultimately trying to bring the follower to a level where you can comfortably and with confidence delegate to them. Excellent. Good. So uh, <laughs> there was uh, <laughs> there was it was a little pricey of a Hersey and Blanchard situation leadership model. So uh, yeah, basically, good leaders adapt their style according to those they're leading. That's the yeah. They could have written a one line book, really, couldn't they? But, <laughs> yeah, uh, and could have saved five are, minutes yeah. of your life just by saying it at the start <laughs> and then not doing any any of the interview. Bit, but, the full style. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, a quick worth referencing the exam here. I think that's I mean, it's quite a nice question actually. It comes up in the exam. I think. Uh, 
uh, might not have been apparent from the words you used there, but uh, yeah, I think definitely. And uh, I think draw the diagram. Would you always draw that diagram? Yeah, but, well, it's, it's something that um, that will be covered uh, in the course, and it's something mm. that it would be likely that you'd be set a question on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's it's one of the, uh, the few diagrams in the course notes that it's worth becoming mm. acquainted with. Good. All right. Okay. So well, let's uh, finish off the section on leadership, talking about motivation. Uh, and I'm going to take over here. And there's a definition of motivation in front of me. It says uh, something like the drive within people that leads them to take certain actions and not take others. I think that's quite interesting, actually, that definition, because it, it seems to imply that people motivate themselves rather than you motivating them. And I think that's kind of key to to motivation, really. Um, you search for the hero inside of yourself. You it? certainly do. Um, absolutely. Because, you know, you, you, if someone doesn't want to be motivated, you, you're going to struggle to motivate them. So uh, it has to come really from within them. So... Uh, I could ask you some questions now. I, I don't know if do you do this. I do this on the course, but it'd be quite interesting. Uh, let, let's just try it. You may have heard them before. If not, just if you have, just play along. Um, one word answer, Tim. The word being either yes or no. Um, if you won the lottery tonight, not trying to, not trying to trick you, not ten pounds. You win a lot of money, millions of pounds. Would you continue working? Yes. Okay. And uh, uh, second question, the following question: Would it be in your current role? No. Lovely, and what you have just done is is you're statistically in line with with most people, and that's a harsh motivation. I'm going to come back to those questions shortly if I can. So uh, we'll we'll see how those questions uh, relate to what Maslow had to say about motivation. So Maslow, this, this actually is likely to be my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maslow. Uh, what did he say? Uh, interesting guy. I won't talk about him very much, but uh, um, his crowning glory was this uh, what he called the hierarchy of needs. So, um, he's quite a good footballer as well, though. Was he? Yeah. Who did he play for? Accrington Stanley, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you can see even videos of him on, on YouTube, um, and so on. But, uh, psychologist, and basically, what he, what he said was, he said, We all have certain needs as humans, and uh, he said, We have some very basic needs, or some people would call them physiological needs. So, we need to. The sort of stuff that you would you would sort out straight away if you've ever found yourself stranded on a desert island sleep, food, and shelter. So you probably worry about those things a little more than maybe uh, uh, th things like a sense of achievement and so on. So uh, also, uh, my own theory here, they're the sort of things that you take away from someone if you want trying to torture them. So, you, you know, this is... <laughs> I've related Maslow's uh, hierarchy needs to torture, but if you if you do, if you strip that bottom level, you don't toy with their self-esteem, do you? you? You strip that bottom stuff away. So these are our basic needs, and w without them, uh, we can't really go on and be motivated by anything else in life. So uh, the second level of needs are our security or safety needs, and these days they sort of manifest itself uh, themselves in things like uh, having maybe some savings, uh, an adequate living wage, a pension, a uh, safe place of work, and so on. So we all have a, a need for these things. Uh, the next level up in the pyramid, and if you can imagine a pyramid, if, if you're not looking at the model, there are social needs. So we will have a need to belong um, uh, for companionship and, and so on. So what Maslow actually said, uh, long before people started applying this to, to maybe work, is that um, if you've had a, a reasonable upbringing, and particularly in the West, hopefully, uh, you've probably got most of those needs actually sourced out as a child well, you're hoping that people have been brought up in the west no no I, I'm, <laughs> I <don't Hamstone. laughs> I'm i'm hoping that people everywhere have been brought up correctly um yeah i can't remember what i said about the west <laughs> so but what he said was you you've probably sorted that stuff out as a, as a kid 
um, you know, you know that you, you you know you've got the love of your parents, so your social needs are fulfilled, and you feel safe, and and all, and you've got a roof over your head, and so on. So therefore, we spend the rest of our lives uh, trying to uh, meet the needs of the, these higher level needs. So really, key one here: the next level up, the penultimate level, are self esteem needs. So we all have the need to achieve, uh, for responsibility, for challenging work, to develop and grow. Not necessarily, um, not everybody. Well, okay. Um, well, the, the Maslow's theory, of course, would be you, you do need that, but you won't be thinking about that if you haven't fulfilled the lower needs. But you're absolutely right. We could Let's, let's talk about the nuances of, and, and the criticisms of Maslow's model afterwards. But, but Maslow certainly said <laughs> be a separate uh, we need this. So, um, yeah, we need to, be, uh, need to achieve and, and key to that, uh, be recognized for those achievements. And then the, the top level of, of Maslow's hierarchy needs is something called self-actualization. And this is basically, it's about having, believing you've found your place in life, you're doing what you what you believe you were put on this uh, earth for. It's about being very content. Um, so there, there seems to be something around this that is sort of akin to sort of reaching nirvana in, in the Buddhist um, mm-hmm. uh, religion. So might as well estimate only 5% of the population um, ever achieve self-actualization. I must admit from the surveys... I've done, and the people I know, I suspect it's not even that much. But uh, so the, some some people argue actually that you shouldn't even get there because you think once you have, you think there's nowhere else to go. But but the idea is you wouldn't want to go anywhere else because you are completely content in where you are. Hmm. That that would be yeah, that'd be the argument. But yeah, yeah, and some people argue that that's not a motivator at all for many. But uh, but it's interesting. So I asked you two questions earlier, Tim. Let's come back to those. I said, if you won the lottery tonight, would you go and work? And you you said yes. And that is that is really because of these self-esteem needs. We all feel the need to achieve. We all feel the need for challenging work. We all want responsibility, and so on. And we want to be recognised for for that. So uh, th- it's these self-esteem needs that mean most uh, most of us will want to carry on working. The reason why most of us say no, it wouldn't be in my current job, is because we're not self-actualised. Uh, we realise actually we're probably. Uh, if we could start again, we're not really doing what we would want to do in life. So basically, the key to motivating people as a manager is to focus on those those um, top two levels. And this we're now getting to really what Hertzberg had to say. Yeah, because there's an argument that the bottom three layers themselves don't motivate people. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Hertzberg called them hygiene factors, those bottom three levels he took Maslow's work on. Uh, and he said, you, you need to sort them out. As a manager, you know, you need... Um, a safe place of work and, and adequate living wages and pension plans and all the rest. But it doesn't motivate anyone. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I've got an adequate living place and a safe office. I can't wait to get in and do a brilliant job. So um, it doesn't motivate people. So he said, uh, sort all that stuff out, but then really forget it and focus on these top two levels, allowing people to grow, giving them responsibility, recognizing their yeah. achievements and so on. Because I said, like the, um, the, the presence, what Hertzberg calls hygiene factors don't motivate but their absence demotivates yes you expect a degree of competence in the people that manage you you expect fairness fair pay and those kind of things and it's one of the things like very often where people if if there is uh, an unsettled working environment and there's a threat of redundancy then all of a sudden people may find themselves down at the bottom layer of maslow's pyramid because they're rightly concerned about paying the mortgage yeah absolutely so for a manager, for a leader, then to try to adapt or try to um, adopt a, a, an incorrect leadership style to try to get people really infused about the work, you know, they're not really interested in that. Um, and so it's trying to be aware of where people are because people mm. don't don't advertise this, um, and then talk to people appropriately. Mm. 
No, you're right. And you mentioned earlier that not everyone's motivated by, you know, by self-esteem. I think I most just said were. But um, you're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I've got a friend. I'm not going to mention his name. I, I think he's unlikely to ever listen to this, but, <laughs> but you never know. Um, and he's very hung up on security. So everything in his life is about making sure that that he's got enough money for the rest of his life and everything. Uh, but it, but he, he can't seem to shift that layer. At the same time, you know, if you get people with, with sort of big personal problems in their lives, so they're really stuck on that whole social level it's very difficult for them to be motivated at work uh, on any level of achievement so so people do get a bit stuck i think mm. right um I, th- I think that's done leadership really hasn't it so mo- you know just to tie all together motivation uh i think something you mentioned at the beginning there tim one, one of the key things that a leader needs to be able to motivate their their team their followers in some way thank you very much thank you